We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. Welcome back to another episode of We Are Distractions Podcast, a weekly show hosted by me, Alex, where I rotate in discussing true crime cases, paranormal stories, folklore tales, conspiracy theories, a little bit of this and a little bit of that to provide you and more than likely what Harrison Ford would consider a weird distraction from everyday life. This week, I'm back discussing another reportedly haunted location, but of course, before I dive into said location and into said distraction, I have a little bit of housekeeping I need to touch base on, and I also need to tell you what I need a distraction from this week. To kick things off for housekeeping, just a heads up that if you're a Patreon, please tune in to the latest episode of the Even Weirder series, as I am looking for feedback regarding Patreon, how the tiers are running, so on and so forth. If you're not on Patreon and you're new to the show and you're like, wait, what? The Even Weirder series? What's that about? Well, let me let me break it down for you real quick. Over on Patreon, I currently have two tiers, a $2 USD a month tier and a $5 USD a month tier. And with both tiers, you get a monthly bonus episode. I've recently decided to call these episodes part of the Even Weirder series. I just, I don't know, I've always wanted a name for them. And as mentioned, for as little as $2 USD or $3 Canadian a month, you can get access to these monthly bonus episodes. So if you want to support the show for a couple extra bucks a month, get some extra content, feel free to go to www.patreon.com slash weirddistractionspodcast. In terms of my need for distraction this week, I'm gonna say I need a distraction from the fact that I have completely fallen off the wagon in terms of trying to exercise and just overall move my body more. Um, For a while, I was going out for walks, either before or after work, sometimes both. I really tried starting working out. I was doing really well, and then somewhere in between now and then, and then being like December or what have you, I just stopped doing it, and now I'm out of a routine, and it sucks, and I'm feeling it. And so this is just a little reminder that sometimes it's okay to, I don't know, I don't want to say fall off the wagon, but it's okay to not necessarily hit your goals every single day, and maybe this could be a little motivation that if you're like me and you were exercising or you were moving your body some way, shape, or form, or just any other self-care thing that you were doing that maybe you have now not done for a while. Hey, you and me both, my friend, and you're not alone. We can do this together. If not, at least we're talking about something spooky to distract ourselves from any kind of self-guilt we have. With that said, and with housekeeping covered, my need for a distraction covered, I think it's time let's just dive into this week's episode, because I don't want to sit in some weird self-guilt right now about not going for walks every day anymore. So let's move on. Let's get spooky. Let's get into this week's weird distraction. So for the first time ever, I'm taking us to Italy. And hypothetically, of course, even though I'd love to get on a plane and go, but I don't think I could pull that off in this economy or anytime soon. All sad things aside, this week I'm tackling the history and haunts of Povelia Island and the asylum located on the island. Due to potential coarse language and other adult themes, listener discretion is advised. 
you are tuning in while multitasking, you may not have a chance to actually look up on a map where Pavolia is. So let me tell you, this reported 17-acre island is located between Venice and Lido in the region of northern Italy. It's about a 6-hour and 35-minute drive from Rome and within the Venetian Lagoon for further geographical reference. From what I gathered online, the island's first recorded history dates back to 421. That's right, 421 being 1,602 years ago from when I'm recording this episode. Because there is such a long-standing history, and because this isn't necessarily a solely history podcast, I'm going to focus on the historical pieces that may have ties to the paranormal and the historical pieces that I wanted to highlight and share with you all. According to the Times of India website, the island's first residents would reportedly be those fleeing from Pada or Este to the island from the invaders, and my sincere apologies if I'm mispronouncing those locations. However, population of the island didn't really grow until about the 14th century. Speaking of the 14th century, It was around this era that those residing in Venice, which is less than two hours away from the island, reportedly built a fort on the island. They would also establish an outpost known as the Octagon, and I believe a lighthouse on the island that was meant to detect and destroy enemy ships that tried to reach the city of Venice, according to an All That's Interesting article by Genevieve Carlton and John Krowski. As many locations have seen, people came and went, and when the Black Plague, or the Black Death, hit, that's when the island saw a big old population shift. For those who are tuning in have never heard of this plague, it was a bubonic plague pandemic that took place from 1346 to 1343. According to Wikipedia and a New Scientist article, It is known as the most fatal pandemic recorded in human history, causing the deaths of 75 to 200 million people. If you are residing near the island and were found to become ill with this illness, you were sent to the island to isolate away from the general public. Reports claim that thousands of sick and dying people were essentially dumped on Povelia. As you may have guessed it, they were left to basically either get better or die, with many succumbing to the illness and, well, passing away on the island. I did read that many who died on the island due to the illness, as well as some folks that were basically too sick to even really be able to recover or rebound from this illness, were burned in order to tackle the widespread illness. In direct quote from an All That's Interesting article that weirdly stood out to me regarding this, quote, They burned the corpses to stop the spread of the disease, and it is said that human ash from these cremations make up more than 50% of the island's soil, even centuries later. It sounds like hell, just in northern Italy, end quote. However, I did come across some conflicting accounts. In a write-up by Ransom Riggs for Mental Floss, which, by the way, I love Ransom's novels, he shed a light that perhaps may be overshadowed by kind of the haunted hype of Povelia. In a direct quote from said Mental Floss article to expand on that further, quote, Most wayfarers had their own room, sometimes even their own little apartment. They were fed well and drank together and even send and receive mail, end quote. In summary, yes, lives were lost, but not all were kind of sent to be tortured or manipulated in some kind of way by the sounds of it, based off of this article. However, we weren't there, so it's really hard to say what actually happened. When one plague ended, another would eventually begin, and Povelia continued to be kind of a last-stop isolation island for those that were sick. 
Basically, it became kind of like a big old quarantine site, which had to be extremely hard for some folks who were perhaps sick but thought they could bounce back, whereas others, I wonder if they just radically accepted the fact that once they were sent to the island, it was kind of the end of the line for them. Many lives were lost on the island during this time, and unfortunately there would be many more as the calendar pages continue to flip on. Which I should mention that some of the information I came upon online noted how many folks that weren't cremated were buried in unmarked graves. And those cremated, well, their ashes weren't necessarily kept in one place, which kind of ties into the quote I mentioned earlier. It may be bold of me to say this, but I kind of get this hunch that there's a lot of dead bodies or what were dead bodies kind of everywhere on the island. But let's continue with this history hike and step away from the death talk for a little bit. The buildings made up on the island included a cavana, a church, a hospital, an asylum, which we are going to get into, hold your goblins, a bell tower, and housing and an administrative building for the staff. Based on what I read on Wikipedia, the bell tower is the most visible structure on the island and dates back to the 12th century. The bell tower supposedly belongs to the Church of San Vital, which was reportedly demolished sometime in 1806. For those wondering, the tower was reused as a lighthouse, which we love a reduce, reuse, and recycle moment. However, let's move on now to one of the main points of the island I want to focus on, being the Povelia Asylum, because you know me and my weird fascination on asylums. And if you don't, well, here's a fun fact. I love learning about asylums. Sometime in 1922, existing buildings on the island were somewhat renovated and opened their doors to become an asylum. This asylum allegedly had a pretty wicked chief physician. Now, the lore around this states that this physician would run unnatural and downright cruel experiments on folks who entered the asylum in order to see what the human psyche could or couldn't handle. Questionable lobotomies, among other forms of quote-unquote therapy, were alleged to have been done on patients, probably without their consent. Basically, it sounded as if this doctor, whose name I didn't come across online, was downright just torturing people based on the lore. In a direct quote to elaborate from the Atlas Obscura website, quote, Local legend says that one doctor at the hospital tortured and killed many of his patients, butchering them horribly, only to later die by falling from or possibly being thrown off of its bell tower, end quote. In other words, either the doctor was murdered or died by suicide, adding another life to the long list of folks who had died on the island previously. The asylum ran as such from 1922 until approximately 1968, so almost 50 years of alleged torture and potential mistreatment in a location with an already pretty grisly history. According to what I saw online, once the asylum shut down, the island was briefly used for its agriculture before being completely abandoned. On April 15th of 2014, Tom Kington reported for The Telegraph that the island was up for auction, which kind of blows my mind that islands can just kind of go up for sale as if they're pieces of cake or a pair of shoes. Like, hey, do you want to buy an island for, I don't know, a couple hundred bucks, I guess? It just blows my mind. Anyways, there was one person who did bid for the island, but things fell through. By 2015, a private group was allegedly trying to raise money in hopes to paint a fresh start for the island. This fresh start included plans to build a public park, a marina, a restaurant, a hostel, and even a study center. 
From what I gathered, this hasn't happened and the island remains abandoned to this day. If I am wrong, though, let me know. I just didn't see anything recent stating that things have changed. There seems to be further lore that there were construction crews within the last few decades that mysteriously stopped while working on the island. Some claim that they up and left due to the paranormal reports and the experiences that they were having, but alas, that hasn't really been proven online. Speaking of folks that were potentially working on the island or visiting the island, one thing that I did see online that seemed pretty consistent in my research is that Povelia is off-limits to the public, meaning tourists and locals are prohibited from visiting the island unless they are granted special permission, only with special authorizations which can be requested in advance from the municipality of Venice it is possible to visit it, was one answer I got from the Visit Venezia website, which will be in today's resource list. So don't try and be slick either. Going without permission is reportedly considered illegal based on some articles I came across online, meaning that you should probably connect with the municipality of Venice in advance to see if they will allow you to go to avoid being thrown in jail, which I feel like is a good reminder that getting permission and consent is sexy and you should do that before you proceed with anything that could be harmful, even if it is reportedly visiting a very, very very haunted location. Now, some claim that the reason visitors are not welcomed on the island is due to it being haunted. Like, it is super haunted. You cannot go. That's what I came across online. While others point to potential dangers of the old buildings and just in general the fact that the island hasn't been maintained in many years as being a safety risk, and that's why you can't go. Either way, it could be a safety risk, especially if you're trying to go by yourself. So I wouldn't really recommend that by any means, shape, or form. I think that about covers the history of this location or the historical pieces in a very Spark Notes version that I wanted to share with you all. Think of it as We're Distractions version. Kind of like Taylor's version, but We're Distractions version of Povelia's history. Now, because this is a reportedly haunted hotspot, I think it's more than appropriate to do some occult observations before diving into the reported haunts. For those new here, Occult Observations is where I read the good, the bad, and the downright weird reviews online involving the kind of spooky locations I cover on the show. Usually I try to read at least two negative reviews and two positive reviews per location. As always, I'll kick things off with the negative reviews so that we can kind of end on a positive high note. The first negative review is from user SchematicVG. They posted this about two years ago on Google Reviews, and they gave one out of five stars. The review reads, This island is cursed. There is no question about it. Historically, it served as a work camp, then a quarantine island and a body disposery, then an insane asylum, with death ending each era on the island. Do not go there. End of review. The next negative review is from user Lois Seymour. They posted this about four years ago and they give one out of five stars. The review reads, it's haunted. Like, what do you expect? End of review. And that is my, by far one of my top five. That is by far one of my top five favorite reviews I've so far read on the show. Like, it's, it's, it's haunted. Like, what do you expect? One out of five stars. Everyone has a different opinion on haunted places, and this person 
clearly does not have a positive one. Speaking of things that are positive, let's get into the positive review. So the first one is from Fionnula, Fionnala Crow. They posted this two months ago and probably did not expect some very pasty girl from Canada to butcher their username. So sorry about it. Uh, They gave five out of five stars, though, and their review reads, this place was used for people that had the plague. So apparently it's haunted by ghosts and we can't go there. End of review. I, I mean, they're not wrong. I just love how they get five out of five stars and they end it by saying we can't go there because it's haunted by ghosts. Bummer. But five out of five stars. Love it. The last review is from user Justin Bossert. They wrote this about a year ago and they gave five to five stars. Justin's review reads, I visited with my wife and son a couple of years ago when we were in Venice. We hired a local guy to take us on his boat through some interesting areas off the beaten path with a special request to stop at Povelia. He had to drop us off and leave because technically nobody is supposed to be there. It's very overgrown and difficult to walk around outside. The inside is in bad shape, with a few remnants remaining from its days as a mental asylum. A very spooky vibe even during the daytime, especially if you're aware of the history there. End of review. So to kind of summarize, everyone online is saying this place is haunted and you can't visit without permission, unless you're ballsy like Justin, his wife, and his son. With that said, I think it's time to dive into the reported haunts. I mean, I keep teasing it. We keep kind of walking around it. Let's just open the door and talk about the haunted reports at Povelia Island. Due to the long history of death, disease, depression, and kind of disregard of life, it may not shock many to learn that Povelia Island has been dubbed the most haunted island in the world. Some even give it the title of the most haunted place in the world, but I feel as though many locations try and snag this title as well. Now, because the island is closed off to the public, paranormal reports seem to kind of be compromise of local lore, and what has been reported by a few that have been granted to go there. One of the few that have been able to explore Povelia in a paranormal sense has been everybody's favorite paranormal bro group being the Ghost Adventures team. Before I dive into what went down when they went to Povelia Island, aka a little summary of their findings, let me tell you what I came across online regarding other reported paranormal encounters. According to the Horror World website, one of the familiar Povelia Island ghost characters is a described female entity named Maria. Legend goes that Maria was separated from her parents during the bubonic plague and eventually died on the island by herself. There have been claims of folks decades later, stating that they hear what sounds to be a female-sounding voice calling out for someone, which has led many to believe that it is Maria calling for her parents out loud. Now, during the era of the asylum, patients at Povelia allegedly reported to staff that they saw strange shadow figures. These shadow figures were reportedly making it a challenge for patients to sleep at night, not only because they were roaming around the halls, but because these shadow figures were apparently also wailing in the process. 
Shadow figures can be a nuisance on their own when you're trying to sleep, but wailing shadow figures? Forget about it. Like, that's a whole other level of annoyance that I'm sure nobody wants to deal with. There are also reports that people looking at the island at nighttime see white, shadowy-like apparitions near what was the plague fields, which I'm sure has got to be creepy, but I also wonder too, is it just like, I don't know, mist? Fog? Uh, It's hard to say. And of course, until you witness it, you don't know, right? Now let's circle back to the asylum building through to glare into some lore around that head physician I had mentioned earlier. Now I mentioned earlier that some claim he was either pushed or jumped to his death from the bell tower. Another tale around this physician's demise is that he died due to a mysterious fog. This lore is giving me the vibes from that movie The Fog, which I remember watching as a kid and was actually terrified of it. And I think I recently watched it within the last two years and realized how not great it was made and how my standards of horror have really, really risen in the last few decades. Nonetheless, some claim to see a mysterious, unexplainable fog move around the island. And on top of that, and kind of moving back to discussing the bell tower, many claim to hear the bell tower go off despite the tower no longer having a bell. Could you imagine like living in Venice or somewhere nearby and you just hear a bell tower and the last known bell tower is the one on Pavele Island, but it doesn't have a bell? Like, how do you explain that? You can't. You can't. Now, referencing the Italic magazine write-up by Sophia Rita Jane in 2020, there have been claims of folks hearing voices, screams, and even strange noises throughout the island. Sophia also noted that researchers have recorded an odd electromagnetic field within the perimeter of the island despite there not being any source of electricity. How do you explain that? I'm not a scientist, so I don't know. I'm literally asking you, listener, how do you explain that? Someone explain it to me. How? Someone who knows this kind of stuff, write in and let me know. On to now the Ghost Adventures episode, and I'm not gonna lie, the investigation that Zach, Aaron, and Nick did on Povelia Island may be the most iconic due to the memes and just the absurdity that came out of this episode. Zach was wearing a plague doctor's mask at one point, there were acid wash jeans, and so many, bro, did you hear that moments? On top of that, If you are watching the old Ghost Adventures episodes, there is a clip that's in kind of their intro where Zach is saying, Welcome to your final destination, hell. That came from this episode. Fun fact. I always wonder until I watch this episode where it came from. Came from Povelia. It was also in this episode that I watched that there seemed to be kind of like this avoidance of locals who were wanting to kind of not talk about this area or visit the area in general. So you see Zach, Aaron, and Nick try to approach locals, ask them about the island, and everyone either just kept walking or just completely said, no, I'm not going to talk about it. Which, if anyone is listening from Italy, specifically from Venice, is that still a thing? Like, are people still not wanting to talk about it? If so, let me know. I'd be very interested to, to know. But anyways, here's a quick rundown of what the three experienced when on the island in terms of spooky-ooky weirdness. So first and foremost, there were tech malfunctions out the wazoo. So for example, Zach's audio randomly cut out when the guys were on the island during the day, which there was no explanation for this. Speaking of creepy things that kind of took place during the day, 
The group heard a female disembodied voice in the old asylum building while exploring with a guide. Nick also experienced tech malfunctions as he provoked something to use his energy in Italian, and then shortly after his camera was completely drained. Further, after receiving an EVP, Zach's camera goes blank and shuts off, which Zach can't explain why this would happen. It kind of made no sense to them at the time, and even after when they review the footage and the evidence they came across. In another case of tech malfunctioning, Aaron's camera just stops recording for no reason for a few seconds. Now, circling back to disembodied voices, in the episode, the crew captured voices saying no along with Zach's name. There also seems to be some physical symptoms felt while the crew is there, as Nick stated that he was feeling sick at the same time Zach starts having kind of a disclosed weird feeling. Which, speaking of all things weird, there was a strange anomaly caught manifesting before it slowly moves down the wall and then finally just disappears. While our three bro friends were exploring the plague fields, Nick reportedly hears rustling in the weeds behind them and Aaron hears footsteps coming towards him. And during these scenes, an unseen entity knocks over their tripod for the infrared panel, which they couldn't explain. It wasn't like there was a big gust of wind or you know, you don't hear anything physically hitting it like a bird maybe flying into it by accident or anything. It just literally topples over. The crew also reportedly smelled something burning, which is not only a sign of a stroke, but also weird paranormal phenomena in some locations, which I feel like this is maybe the first location I've covered where someone has smelled something burning. Um, I know in previous episodes, some people will smell sulfur, so I don't know if that's what they smell, but they just said they smelled something burning. Maybe it was toast. Who knows? As some long-time listeners may know, rapid temperature drops have been linked as paranormal activity. This takes place on the island when the crew takes a thermal reading, and the temperature was originally 82 degrees and dropped to 68 degrees Fahrenheit. Another weird incident that takes place is that the static night vision camera on the bridge captures almost like a mist that moves across the field, and at the same time, there are kind of these disembodied voices you can hear. So once again, it's kind of playing to the fact that people are seeing kind of these misty figures roam across the plague fields. The next piece of evidence is up for huge debate of its legitimacy. Once again, it's hard to prove because we weren't there, we don't know what happened, but just keep in mind what I'm about to tell you is debatable. While helping Aaron, Zach discloses in the episode that he feels extreme anger and aggression toward Nick and Aaron, which at that point, Zach believed that he was actually temporarily and nearly demonically possessed by a dark entity. Zach states that when he looked back at Nick, it was like seeing a red filter over his eyes in which he appears to lose control over his thoughts and actions. Once again, in older Ghost Adventure episodes, this is the scene in kind of the intro where Zach is kind of like hunched over. It looks like he's about to punch the wall or he does punch the wall and he's like screaming. And that is from this episode, once again, from Povelia Island. It's hard to disprove or even prove that this is accurate because once again, it's a personal perception. It's a personal experience. I I don't know. I've watched Ghost Adventures for many years and I feel like in every season there's at least one demonic possession that happens with one of the crew members. So do I believe it 110%? No, but it's also hard to disprove. It's also hard to completely diminish someone's perspective, right? And experience. Moving on, the crew uses an EMF detector. 
which is seen spiking up to a record of 24.8, then to a 22.2. At the same time, a fast-moving ball of light shoots into it. Now, this little ball of light must have been so powerful because it made the EMF detector turn off and it actually just stopped working, which is another case of tech malfunctioning that occurred while the crew was investigating Povelia. Finally, the crew gets some pretty interesting EVPs. First one saying in Italian, come here, I'm here. Another one saying, let's fight. Another one that just says, hey, as if it's, you know, some boy trying to pick up on you at 3 a.m. after leaving the bar. And the last one said, bye-bye, which it kind of said like a very like, bye-bye kind of voice, which obviously pissed Zach off because he thought it was taunting him. On that note of saying bye-bye, Let's wrap up this week's distraction. Povelia Island has often been described as beautiful by many that visit nearby Venice and get to lay their eyes across the water to it. And based on pictures, I can agree with that description. I feel like Italy is just a very beautiful place in general. But every beautiful location has its past, and Povelia's past isn't necessarily a thing of beauty. I would love to say I hope to visit Povelia Island someday to explore because I love exploring old or poorly haunted locations to learn their history and maybe even experience something weird in the process. But I have a hunch I won't be doing that anytime soon, nor will anyone else be for that matter. I'd love to hear your thoughts, though, on today's episode. Do you think Povelia Island is as haunted as folks claim? And is there another Italian haunting I should cover? Comment on today's episode post, send me a DM, or shoot me an email. As well, check out the Cultivate Podcast Network's Discord channel to connect with fellow weirdos over there to chat about things we need a distraction from or to talk about the weekly episodes. If you've enjoyed today's Weird Distractions episode, please consider telling your friends, family, coworkers, or anyone else who will listen about the show. You can tell them to find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, Google Podcasts, Podchaser, and many more. If you're streaming the show on Apple Podcasts or Good Pods, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review. This helps the show out for free by letting others know that it's worth listening to. Another way to support the show for free and to never miss an update is to follow along on the show's various social media accounts. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. My handle is at WeirdDistractI1 and TikTok. If you want to financially support the show and get yourself a little something extra each month, why not join one of the two tiers over on Patreon? Each month you get exclusive content such as bonus episodes and series, the Weird Destinations travel posts, plus early access to the regular feed episodes. You can find out which tier is best suited for you by going to patreon.com slash WeirdDistractI podcast. Shout out to my current patrons, aka my weird little family members, Tom, Bailey, Angela, John, Alicia, Lynn, Susan, Shadow, Courtney, Jennifer, and Cheryl. I love you all and appreciate your ongoing support of Weird Distractions. If you're unable to support the show on a monthly basis, but still want to support it maybe as a one-time donation, check out the show's merch over on Redbubble or sign up for a one-time donation over on Buy Me A Coffee. Lastly, I want to 
hear from you. As some longtime listeners may recall, Christy and I released two listener story-based episodes called Listener Distractions. I'd love to keep doing this series and hear all of your weird tales of ghostly encounters, unexplainable events, and too close to home true crime stories. You can email me your tales at weirddistractionspodcast at outlook.com. As well, send me feedback. If there are any corrections that need to be made after today's episode, let me know. And as always, if you need a distraction, I got you. Bye. Bye.